Chapter 43, Hamshachayim Beis, Volume 1, we're in the middle of the 11th discourse, Tzion, Bamishpat Tepad. Page Ayin Dalad, 74. <clears throat> so in the last chapter, he's winding down a discussion that began in Chapter 38. Chapter 38, discussing the conceptual space of what defines higher and lower in the cosmic order, in the spiritual um, structure of existence. So he defined it as being that fundamentally, not just defined by the intensity or weakening of the energy, but the actual dimensions fundamentally are different from one another, and that's why one has more energy or less energy. And Chochmah Bin is the operative example that he's using, <clears throat> with Chochmah being of a different quality. It's not a matter of quantity, a different qualitative level than Bina. And this has been a long discussion that's been going on since chapter 38, back and forth. And finally, the last chapter came down to say, explain that Chochmah is not just... Um, a more intense bina, so to speak. It's not just more intense comprehension. Chachma, the beginning of all wisdom, is an element of resonance and conviction. What he called anoche, the nefesh, a leg in the nefesh. A certain resonance and conviction that defines its personality. That's its primary personality and the logic of it, the comprehension of it, the bina of it, or even the logic the, the logic before it gets into bina, the, the, the seichel. The intelligence of Chachma is its external dimension, which then manifests in Bina in a fully comprehensible way. But the interesting twist here is that even though it's two separate entities, one leads to the next, and one feeds the next. Meaning, Chachma's conviction and its ayin, its state of um, relationship with the divine truth, is such that makes it beyond and a different quality of the comprehension and intelligence. But nevertheless, Chachm is also intelligence. Which means it's not just based on faith, or not beyond the world of the cognitive world. It therefore then comes, then, then, then it, number one, is the root of comprehension. That's where comprehension originates from. And number two, the clarity and conviction that is there in, in Chachm actually fuels and opens the channel of flowing ideas that comprehend the concept in detail and so on. Except in the details you can lose sight of that conviction. And he says the Eitzah, the solution to that is to reconnect and revisit, return to the place of the point, the point of departure. But the bottom line is that Chachma therefore is a perfect interface, even though he doesn't use the word interface here, but it's clearly in the context of things that it's not just an example of higher and lower in the cosmic order, it also shows Chochmah is that interface. So in a way, you can have almost three levels within Chochmah, as he described in this past chapter. One is Chochmah Ria, the sight and vision. Makes it very clear that's a separate, highest level. There's a certain truth and resonance in, in seeing something. That's a certain sight. Then there's the leg, the Hanukkah of Chochmah. It's conviction and it's resonance, more on an intellectual level. So here we're already entering the cognitive, but it's not fully comprehensible. Meaning it's beyond comprehension, like you said, there are wise people who just have a certain intellectual intuition or intellectual conviction of something. And then comes the third dimension where Chachmah becomes intelligence, the spark of an idea. And that spark of idea then in turn 
is developed in Bina. So really we have like three levels in Chachma, but the primary part of Chachma is this, the second one, which is the conviction that is not purely logical or intelligence, but it's also not outside of intelligence. It, it fits in the realm, as he puts it, Yeshmok and Beseichel, it fits in the realm of intelligence. And he also explained this is the level Chachma is Kadesh, Kadesh Mila Bilgameh, it's a separate level, but when you say separate and apart, that alone tells you that it's part of the, 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 the reality, but it's apart from it. Because something that's completely of a different realm, you don't call, you don't call Havdal, you don't separate. Separation imp- implies a type of dimension that, that, um, that means there's a relationship. Yeah, the relationship is one that it's apart. And you compare it to the idea of wine, the, the, the Mishnah in Tful Yayim, where it says that oil that floats on top of wine, that oil is the level of Chachma, and wine is the level of Bina, comprehension, and the oil remains separate from, even though, as he said, it saturates everything, it remains separate from. And he said in the, in the parentheses, that the oil within Chachma, you can say that is like the, that type of that conviction, and the water of Chachma is the outer dimension, the intelligence of Chachma. So to sum it up, basically Chachma intelligence is now is a new take on intelligence. Intelligence in a sense has, has well, a new take on Chachma to be precise. Intelligence doesn't begin with intelligence. The first level is Riyah. You see something and there's a certain recognition, a certain truth in that. The, the primary element of Chachma is its conviction and a sense of that something is resonating. Hanocha, leg in the nefesh, as he put it. And the third is then, that turns into a, an intelligence, a cognitive intelligence, where it begins to become a spark of an idea. So in a way, the spark of an idea of Chachma is really the truth of the divine manifesting in intelligence. I noticed that back in chapter 7, I believe this answers the question, back in chapter 7, where he begins to talk about Atzillus, and he brings the contradiction that on one hand we find that Atzillus is Gilead and reveals that which is hidden, and sometimes you find that it's something new. Like we say, Chachma Ma'ayin Temotzeh. The Chachma wisdom is a yesh that comes from the ayin of Kesser. That's what he said there. So when an idea falls into your mind, it's as if you say, what? What was that? Where did it come from? So clearly, that is not what he's saying here. Here, he said the Chachma is, is the ayin, and the Bina that is a yesh compared to that. Bina cannot comprehend the so-called resonance and conviction of Chachma, of wisdom, of, of Chachma. There he said, Chachma ma'ayin temotza, Chachma comes from an ayin. It appear, now in a footnote there, the Rebbe Rashab adds that it's printed in the back of the book, of volume one. So he writes, he asks a question. I'll just read the question. The question goes like this. He asks a question. According to this, the chokhma ma'ayin temotza, the chokhma is like is yesh ma'ayin, like a new entity compared to the the bittle of kasser. According to this, it's not understand. How could you call chokhma truth? Like it says in Tanya in chapter thirty-five in the Haggah, 
where it says that that sense that he is alone and nothing else is sense the chachma. So we see from Tanya that in Chachmi you do have a knowledge and a sense of Atzmus Eden Sof. That's a question the Rebbe Rashab asked back in chapter 7. And, and where he says that Chachmi is, is Yashma'ayin. Apparently, and I'm saying this, he doesn't say specifically, the answer is in this chapter. That Chachmi has two parts to it. If you talk about the intelligence of Chachmi as it's Seichel, that's Yashma'ayin from Kesser. Because it's intelligence, and therefore it says, where did, I, where did this idea come from? But if you talk about the Hanukkah of, of Chachmah, which he says is the primary role of Chachmah, is that type of uh, conviction. The conviction, the sense of that this is true, because as he said, this is Dasalian, this is the perspective from above, because Chachmah, as he said in the parentheses, not just that it knows that it is, that there's something higher. And that we are nullified compared to it. He said, remember he says, It actually radiates within Chachmah. Because Chachmah is not purely Seichel. Chachmah is the divine sense of a conviction of a certain truth. That is not conviction of faith. It will become an idea and will translate into logic. And we can be, and then be comprehended in Bina. In the next levels. And it will actually generate ideas that will flow like he says, Nevius HaMechim will come because of this conviction. But this is already a part that's higher than Asagas. So in a way, he's reconcil- it seems like he's reconciling, just like he reconciles about Atzillus, that, that what Atzillus is revealing the concealed. First he said, that is the energy of Atzillus. Er, and the Kalim is something new. Later he explains that Er is also new because it's Er HaGvul. It has defined parameters. The same thing in Chachmah, there's two elements. If you talk about the intelligence of Chachmah there, clearly, as you said in chapter 7, it's something like a new entity. If you talk about the resonance of Chachmah, the, the conviction, that is already coming in a direct link to the divine. So it's, I think, an unbelievable chidush uh, here. And I have to look up, I don't, I, because essentially he's saying, and I looked it up, Einstein had a conviction that he knew that something was wrong with the Newtonian the model of, uh, of gravity. He had no proof. He just sensed it. And the more and he and he played mind games with himself. He made believe one of the things he did was he imagined himself sitting on light, traveling on a, on light. What would it be like? You see from there that this is not a logical he was coming, you know, like let's say you make a calculation, one plus two, one plus two, two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, and you come to some conclusion. He began with a conviction, a certain truth was radiating in him. And then as he, as he became more and more convinced of it, he developed and turned it into a formula. Now this doesn't mean every conviction a person has will turn that way, but it means that if you really ask a question, where does intelligence start from? Does it come from a conviction? Or does it come from a logical conclusion? So what he's saying here, real chachmah, real wisdom, is because it's linked to the higher reality of God's truth. It has a conviction of truth that will ultimately be translated into an intelligent process. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm uh, being over-exaggerating, but it seems to me a pretty exciting type of approach to intelligence. It's a, because it's usually not the way most people would define it. Anyway, so with that being said, Chachma, therefore, is a completely different dimension, as he said, from Bina, as he concludes the chapter. And, and uh, at the same time, it's the beginning of the intelligent process, the cognitive process. 
the key I have to call upon, as I said yesterday, also is that this is not this is not to be confused with someone saying I'm conv-, you know I don't want anyone to take away from this and say listen I'm convinced of something, and nothing can change what I'm convinced of because that can be just plain actions that can be just plain abstinence that's based on stupidity. You know, when we talk about conviction here, it doesn't mean that just because you're convinced of something, it means that it's necessarily true. If a person is aligned with God and everything in their life is that way, yeah, you can pretty much rely that their conviction is coming from a holy place. But the rest of us, it's not so simple. Like Einstein, that's not necessarily was a holy thing. It was just he had a brilliant mind and he was able to get out of the box and he came to a certain, he came to a sense of something. He sensed it. So it's a little dangerous to just not get stuck in a place where you think you're convinced of something and then you're going to try to prove it. Because that also can happen the other way around. People convinced of things, they try to prove it and they're, and they're basically they're just justifying a position that has no basis. Just to add a little more about the difference but I think between Riyah of Chochmah and Hanukkah of Chochmah, because he definitely made it clear that the Riyah, seeing, is a higher state of, uh, is, is higher. That the, the main Chochmah here he's talking is not Riyah, not the seeing of it. Even though as he comp- explained earlier, Ria and Shmiya, seeing and hearing, is similar to Chachma Bina. But in this past chapter, 41, 42 rather, he made it clear that it's two levels. The way I, I seem to understand it is like this. You could have a conviction without having that type of certainty as if you saw it. Um, when you see something, let's talk physically, something is added that's not part of you. That's the vision that was shown to you. Like when a Novi, let's say, a prophet had a vision. Or we see something. You walk down the street and you see something. Or we stood at Mountain Torah and we saw what happened there. There, it's not your cognitive process that could ever create the thing you saw. Someone had to show it to you. God had to make a revelation. Whatever the Jews saw at Sinai, whatever they saw at Kriyas Yamsuf, the parting of the sea, whatever they saw throughout their lives in history, or a prophet was shown to them. So right there... You're not talking about a cognitive conviction that's coming purely from within. You're talking about something that was shown, and you're like, like you have that type of sight. Now, it's true, when he speaks to the Riyah of Chochmah, like he said in the parentheses, he said, uh, what was the thing there? He explained the difference between now and in the future. Where is that? Parentheses. Where was that? No, 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 it's, it's, oh, here we are, in the middle of the page. I am Bayes. She said, "Gam shezal mashabayin haseichel I actually say there's two types of riyas. So when you say riyas haseichel, you're saying that chachma has an ability to like has a truth that resonates like you see something. He's clearly making a difference between actually there's a level where you actually see it, and there's a level where it's like you see it, so to speak. And then there's a level where it's not even like you see it, it's just a conviction. It's clearly making these distinctions here. So you have to say that there is a, uh, there's a level of Chochmah, which I guess is, is, is not natural, I'm sorry, not natural, it's not the common Chochmah. In other words, the clarity and conviction of Chochmah does not necessitate the highest level where you actually see something. You could have that, but it's not the definition of what Chochmah is. It's clearly an additional element. So in other words, there could be somebody that has that type of clarity as if they saw something. You know, just to make it a little more palatable, you have, for example, the difference between Koy and Zeh, Siddhis brings, that Moshe Rabbeinu was Misnava B'Zeh. 
when Moshe prophesied, he was able to point and say, this is it, Zeh. Zeh means you could point to it and say, here's exactly what I see. It's like me looking at a tree and describing it. Koi means like. I'm describing something like something is. I don't see the tree. I heard about the tree from a reliable source or from someone who saw it, and I'm describing what? It's like a mirror image. Mirror is already actually closer. My point that I'm saying here is that you can see there are many levels of how one can have a reality experience. You could actually see it. You could see a reflection of it. You can see a reflection that's distorted. Think of a, a, a what we call, we say, opaque. Opaque is, a, a, is a, like a, a window. Opaque is already... Uh, right. So you could have, for example, you could see something through a window. You could see something through a curtain. You could see something through a window that's, uh, that's smoked. So right there you understand that's clearly many levels of perception. You know, obviously Zeh would be the deepest. My point I'm trying to make is that conviction itself, someone says, what do you see out the window? I say, it's a tree. But what happens if the window had a shade on it, a, a curtain? You sure it's a tree? You'd say, well, I'm 90, 95%, 95% I'm sure. You know, because I don't see exactly, because it's, it's somewhat shaded by a filter. My point is that there's, there's ways, many ways to explain within conviction itself levels. Clearly he's saying here, Chochmah is primarily the Hanukkah, that type of conviction. Whether it's a conviction that it's as, as if you saw the thing itself, or you saw an image of it, or you saw a picture of it, or you saw a reflection of it, that's not necessarily the case. So there are distinctions, basically, and there are probably many, many levels. What I see here is at least, there's, he says, meaning when you see something with the eyes of your mind, that's not actual seeing, but it's compared to seeing. Then there's Ayin Ba'ayin Yero, where he says, Also love it, Mashiach will come. That's like physically seeing it. So right there is two levels in Riyah. Then there's the conviction of Chachm without Riyah, but just a conviction. And then, of course, is how Chachm becomes Hasoge, becomes something that you can call an intelligent idea, an idea that came out of it. And I'm just clarifying, just to show, there are levels, there's no question about it. It's, it's as clear as day. Generally speaking, if someone says, what's Chachmah, Riyah? So generally, clearly, he made that clear earlier. He said clearly, Chachmah bin is like Tefes be'etzma dover, and 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 so the difference between Riyah and Shmiyah. Where was that? Chapter uh, thirty-nine, I think, right? Yeah. Or actually, earlier, I think it's in chapter. Well, it was definitely clear earlier. He said, Riyah Shmiyah, somewhere. Remember where it is? It's always good to um, connect the two. Yeah, yeah, okay. Chapter 40. I'm sorry. Chapter 40. End of chapter 40. So there, clearly, he's talking generally what Chachmah is. And here he's breaking it down further. Okay. So besides getting the understanding that there's a qualitative difference between Chachmah and Bina, we also understand now Chachmah as, the, as, a, as a, a very interesting interface between how truth becomes part of our reality. So Chachmah is 
radiates truth. It's a sense of truth. It's a conviction, a true conviction. If we were able to connect to that, we were able to connect our structure and our system and our way of understanding things with that, that obviously would be optimal. Okay, good. So now chapter 43, right? Top of page 74, Ayan And now he's going to conclude what he actually began all the way back in chapter 37. I just want to give you the structure. Remember, he's talking about Eris Primim. He's talking about integrated energy, which defines a structure of existence. And now he's discussing the structure is not just that there's ten spheres, Chachma Bina and Chesed Gvur and so on, but that there's a gradation. There's a relationship between them, a spatial relationship. One is higher than lower and lower. It's not like ten. What we said, the ten. Um, uh, when something is flat, that's vertical. No, it's horizontal. It's not just ten horizontal energies. You understand? Like chokhmah being like this, they actually are vertically structured. A vertical hierarchy, where there's one is more intense or more powerful than the other, and they began. And if you remember, in the top of page sixty-three. He said, this is what it says in Eitz Chaim, the Bechachma Meir Eiden Sav Bekiruv Mokim. Then a Chachma Eiden Sav radiates closely. Bebina Berichuk Mokim. I'm just reading page 63. From a distance, bizarre, in Midas, through a window, and a Malchus through a hole. And then later, Biyah will be through a curtain and so on. All the, And that began a long discussion explaining the difference between these four levels. Because that's the structure of existence. Chachma, Bina, Midas, and Malchus. That's the ten spheres, right there. So, in discussing that, he began this whole discussion of the difference between Chachma and Bina, remember the difference in the worlds, and then he started discussing the difference in the spheres. So now he's concluding what he began in chapter 37. Just for the record, this language from Eitzchayim he also brought earlier in chapter 36. I'm being thorough here. Where he also says, middle of the page, the distinction between Kirov and Rikuk when you say something, what means close and what means distance? That's the whole point here. It doesn't mean physically close and distance. It means more intense energy, less intense energy, less energy. Which really means that they're two fundamentally different entities. And that's why one has more energy and one has less. Which means one is closer and one is more distant. So we say Chachm is closer. Whole pages here. How many pages did we cover here? From Perik Mem Gimel? We're talking about 63 to 75. Twelve pages, we now understand what means one line, one word in, Chach, in Eitz Chaim, that Chachm is close. What means it's close? You hear what I'm saying? So we use words all the time. Close, this is close, this is... The, what means when something is close to godliness? What does it mean? What does it mean? That when someone, someone walks into the base of Midas, they're close to godliness. What does it mean? The answer is it means they're close to truth. That they feel, not only feel, that they are a channel of the truth of a higher reality. That's what it means. And Chochmah is that, that's the Hanukkah of Chochmah. The conviction of Chochmah is that type of resonating truth. Well, uh, the end product is not truth? The fish, the fish, the fish, the fish, the truth, the, the, the table is true, but you ask the table, what are you? The table says, I don't know, I'm just, someone put me here, I have no idea what I am. Say yes. That's the key. It's our Look, our goal is, to, is yeah, Right, the Yod Paul Kiata Paalta is that when everything in existence will real. Yeah. How right. I feel? Where am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, even Bina, forget about a table. Even Bina, as he said, it gets. I understand. I 
I'm logical. I'm a, I'm a smart guy. Chokhmah senses a conviction. In other words, what he's saying is the conviction that someone has, Seichelik, a conviction, is really a godly truth. That's really what it is. Even if it's a scientist who doesn't says, I don't believe in God. What, do you, what does he have such, how is he so sure? How could you be so sure of something? I'm just, you know, elaborating a bit. Okay, so now, here he goes. V'zehu, Masha, now he goes chapter 43. who what is what Masha calls the Chaim, and this is what it says in Eitz Chaim, which Eitz Chaim? The one back in chapter 30, 37, page 63, that the Eireins of Meir Bechachma, Bikiruv Mokim, Abibina, Berichuk Mokim. That the, the infinite divine light radiates in Chachma in a close, from a close proximity. From a distant proximity. So as I said, it's a cryptic, Kabbalistic statement. What does it mean? So you know, explains the Ian Akidavarichuk, Gashmi. Closeness and distance is not the way we imagine it, the way we envision it, of, of close and distant physically. Closeness means, for example, a great, a wise sage, a very great, a, a very wise sage, a wise person. When he speaks with a, an average person, many things, many words. This is called Kiruv. What is the Kiruv? That a great person like that, even though the Bainini is not on his level, he he gets close to him, Kirvu, he closes, he brings him close to him by speaking to him a much. So when you have a great man speaking to a person who's an average person, that's a form of Kiruv. So that's not Kiruv physical. It means that there's a connection between the two. And even more so is this Kiruv, is this closeness, is when he shows him his face when he speaks. He doesn't speak from behind a wall or behind a closed door or something like that. And speaks with him with a, a what we call it, usually call it a, um, a uh, not a glowing face, a pleasant Face. Not, in other words, not harsh and so on. Sefer Panim Yafis is used when Chaydish El, when the Melech Besada, so he shows a smiling face, a smiling countenance, that's the word. A pleasant countenance to the person. So you could speak to someone, that's Kiruv, and even more so is when you show him your face, and even more so, he speaks to him with a smile, with a pleasant uh, look. And moreover, Moreover, he's giving another way of looking at it. The Kiruv is when two people are close in their minds, they're aligned in their thinking. That means that they're aligned, they're close to each other. Smuchim also means can be supportive of each other, but smuchim means, in other words, that they are relate to each other in the way the Aymed is still Aymed not with the Ayin Aymed is with the Aleph means it's also similar to Ashtal have you touched Aymed with the Aleph with their perspectives with their with their there's a word for Aymed one second it means they're upright Aymed is Aymed with an Ayin Aymed 
No, 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 it's not estimation. With their solid perception, something like that. How would you translate it? Estimation? Estimation? Ah. But he's not saying here. How much the guy can take lessons? Like a measure. Imid is like a measure. Here, here it's not talking estimation. It's more talking about the measure, imid item, with the way they think. It's not weakened. Like in physical uh, closeness, for example. When two people are close to one another, So, yeah, cousins, craven, meaning as relationship, relatives. Their fathers are two brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he's, talking, he's giving an example. What means craven? For example, two people who are relatives, you call them craven. What means relatives? They share. Uh, they, they share brother. Their fathers are brothers who were both born from the same parents, father and mother. So their children, the children of those two brothers, are what's called craving, close to one another. However, that is begashmis. That's physical. We can also, the same thing we can understand when two people whose ideas are similar in one concept. They both share the same idea. They're close. The truth is, Karav and Samach is very similar two words. I'm trying to define the difference. Karav is close. Samach is... Adjacent. Adjacent, fine. But... Um, Smuchim sometimes is also used as support. When one thing is small, so support one supports the other, right? In the mind, in their, in the mind of their, in the mind of their brains, the brain of their minds. Okay, so he gave here several examples of the word kariv. So when it says in Eitz Chaim that something that that Chachma is close, that the divine light radiates a Chachma closeness, close proximity, explains it's not closeness physically, it's closeness spiritually, which means there's a relationship. That's what closeness means. There's a relationship between one and the next. Two people can sit close to each other, and they could have no relationship with each other. They could even hate each other. They can ignore each other. Two people can be very distant from one another physically and be completely aligned in thought. Or in love. So clearly the word kiruv is not about physical proximity. So first he began by saying it's not physical, it's spiritual, so to speak. What is an example? Where you have a very a wise chacham gadol, a great wise sage, speaking to a person who's average. So the mere fact that he's speaking to him is and speaking to him a lot of things, not just uh, hello. Dvorim rabim. And a lengthy conversation. That's a kiruv. A kiruv, great man, speaking to a person's average, giving him the time, and elaborating, and not and having patience, especially if he smiles and speaks pleasantly to him. That was the first example. So you have kiruv right there. You see a closeness between two entities that are different. Why he's using all these different examples, I'm not sure. Probably each one adds something that the other doesn't have. 
in the Nimshel and Chachman Bina. Maybe we'll see it later when we learn it. The second example he gave, Eidzeis. Not really the second example. It's more like Eidzeis means more over. This is a different type. This, the first one was one is higher and the other one is lower. In the second example, they're not one higher or lower. They're two separate people who could have had different opinions, could have even argued, and yet they are aligned in their thinking. So this example is already talking about two that are closer to each other. Not Chacham, Gadol, and Benini. The question is, what does the first example add? Probably because Chachma is not, is part of Eirin Sav, but it's not, but Eirin Sav is definitely superior to Chachma. In the second example, you have more of a, the first example shows you how something higher can get close to something lower. The second example is showing you how two things in the same level can connect to each other. So it's really more, the second one you see more Kirov, and the first one you see more, uh, that even something that's apart can, can here, two different people can have different opinions, and yet they share, they are aligned in the same idea. And this he compares, he goes back, interestingly, first by negating the Gashmiz, the Kiruv, first he negates physical closeness, and then he goes back to compare it, that two people, but not compare, no, no, okay, I, may, uh, I should correct that, he doesn't compare it to physical closeness. He's comparing two people aligned in thought, comparing it to two relatives, to, to cousins, who share their fathers are brothers, who both are children of the same parents. Their children are called Kravim. Kravim meaning close to one another. This he compares, he says, that's Begashmis. And the same thing is similar to two people who are aligned to each other. So he's basically being very thorough about the word Kiruv and Kariv. I just want to throw one thing in before we continue. Whenever I, you know, I'm teaching Tanya, so Tanya, of course, Alter Rebbe himself writes in the beginning, his introduction, that the whole Sefer says, Miyusid, is based on what Pasuk, to explain well, That's what it says right in the page, front page of Tanya, which is a critical component because it means Alter Rebbe himself you don't have to read the whole book to find out what its theme is. He's telling you the whole Tanya is coming to teach this person. So, you know, a lot of things that people don't even realize. Start thinking, what's exactly, what's what's the problem with this Pasuk? They need a whole Tanya. How'd they learn the, tanya, the Pasuk before the Alter Rebbe came around? Whole Tanya, just to explain the Pasuk. And he uses the word Kariv, Kiruv. So, just to make one small point here. The word Kariv, Elecha Dover made is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to the Jews at the end of his life. Passionate Tzavim. Right before last days of Moshe's life. And he says to them that you would think that maybe this this journey, Teirah Mitzvah, Shuvah, Mitzvah, whatever, however you interpret Dover, you would think, he says, that may be inaccessible. So he says three languages. He says, it's not in heaven. It's not distant. And not it's not across the wide sea. Then he goes on, Ki, yet, however, it's close. So it's not Rochik, it's Karav. What's, what's Moshe saying? What does Moshe mean with these three things? And why is it so important to emphasize? So you can explain it many ways, and Tanya explains it obviously later, different ways, but the bottom line is what Moshe is saying is that this journey to connect to God is going to appear very difficult at times. Sometimes it will appear like it's in heaven, it's a spiritual thing that doesn't relate to this world. Sometimes it'll appear that's completely unre- irrelevant to you. It's like in a different a different country across some sea. Sometimes it'll appear it's not it's not accessible. It's distant. 
Again, in many ways you can explain the three things. The point Moshe is telling them, remember, it's karavelecha. It's the word I would use is not. It doesn't say it's close to you, not physically close. He means spiritually close. That means that conceptually it's relevant and accessible to you. I mean, tell me if there's a more powerful message that you need for Yiddishkeit today. The word relevance, and that's what the Rebbe is saying. Moshe said that it is karavelecha. The question is, how is it karavelecha? How is Yiddishkeit and God and Torah and mitzvahs and so on accessible and relevant to our personal lives? And for that, you need Tanya and the whole Chassidus. I just wanted to bring that out, that simple word like Karvelecha, first line in Tanya, the opening of Tanya actually, really tells you the whole foundation of Chassidus. You ever think of it this way? Because it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Because what's, what's, what's the Alter Rebbe saying? What's Moshe Brainer saying? But I'm saying, based on this, it's very clear. He's talking about how is it relevant to us. Not, you know, not physically. Of course, you go into, into a shul, you go with a Sefer Torah, you're close to it. Does that mean you're close to a Sefer Torah? I mean, you, you can touch it. Close means that you relate to it. You don't have to touch it to, to, to relate to it. You can touch it and not relate to it also. Like a relative. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out into the stratosphere. Okay. Um... An example of this, and the example from this, will, from, the, from this example, we will understand in the level of that the infinite divine light radiates there. That's the language used in its What means kiruv mokim? It means that there is a uh, connection. What does that mean? An intensity of energy is radiating in Chochmah. Like we spoke, we discussed. That in the spark, in the point of the concept of Chochmah, the point of the flash of an idea, there radiates the Indian, the concept, it far more intensified and in abundance and an increased revelation from the way it radiates within the details once you start comprehending it. To the point, if you remember, we said that in the comprehension of the details, you can even lose sight of that conviction. And the same thing is with Chochmah, radiates the energy, the divine energy in a revealed way, Far more intensely than in, in Bina. Qualitatively, not quantitatively. And that's like an example, the Kirov, that a Chacham Gadol speaks with the average person much. Has a long conversation with him. That means Zribui here, in other words. So the fact that Chachma has this radiation, you could say Eirei Sof is like the Chacham Gadol. And the average individual is like Chachmah. So, so he's like, there's a Kiruv there that he's giving him a lot of energy, basically. When a wise, very wise person spends time and applies himself in a long conversation with someone that's average, he's basically giving him of his energy. That's what he's doing. He's giving him abundant energy. If he doesn't speak to him or he speaks very little, he's giving him less. He's now explaining the Marshal in the Nimshal. And the primary closeness is that he speaks to him with a pleasant countenance. Sever ponim yafis. Ponim yafis means, you know, yafis means nice, 
pleasant. Saver upon him. What's saver upon him? What does saver mean? Huh? I don't think saver is a smile. Saver is a smile. Saver upon him, your office. Because say, when you say someone upon him, your office, the saver upon him, your office. Now, saver is, I think, a countenance. Saver upon him. Type of like. That the countenance of his face is beautiful, is nice, is pleasant. That's what savor probably means. Savor itself means countenance. I have to look up the exact translation. I'm just trying, I'm just, you know, because here he's just using savor upon Ah, this is now understanding. Ah, okay. The smiling countenance in the Moshal is not just that he's speaking to him and giving him a, a radiating a lot of energy. It's the gili haprimis. It's the revelation of something that's deeper, internal. That rent, that that is a chokhmah that's higher than than, than comprehension. Ukanal the gam bepchinas asichli the chokhmah levad ribeir, as we discussed earlier, that that even in the intelligence of chokhmah, not just the riyah seeing. Besides the fact that it has abundant and increased energy, shabasog misalameir. Because in comprehension, that energy is concealed. In addition to more energy, there's a radiation of the a radiating of the essence. Remember, he said the conviction, the etzem of the idea that can never come into comprehension. The the, the intense energy of chachma that may not completely come into a comprehension of bina, but some of it comes and it's diminished, and more can flow. But this element of that conviction. That higher state doesn't say conviction here, but the essence of what's in Chochmah is of a qualitative different shift. That never comes into comprehension. That can never be comprehended. So he's saying that's the smile. So when a Chochem Gadol speaks to someone, besides the fact that he's, if he's giving him, he's speaking, let's say, for an hour, a long conversation with someone that's an average person. So right there is a Kiruv. He's giving an average person something he wouldn't usually get. The wisdom, the time, the patience, etc. of this uh, Chochem Gadol, this great... This wise sage. But now that he also shows them a smile, speaks to them with a pleasant countenance, you know, in the face, in that there's also something deeper than just ideas. He's that, saying... Is he's, that from a Febrengen? You get that from a Febrengen? You get it from a smile, you get it from a, a pleasantness. You know, you could have a teacher who's very sour, but he's giving you great ideas, he's spending time with you, but, you know, he's not sour, he's, not, he's, 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 he's neutral, doesn't smile. And then you have a smile, which you, you feel a closeness. He's saying the smile, well, he's going to explain it more, the smile, the pleasant countenance essentially is giving you the revealing, that's what Chochmah has within it, something that is more than just a lot of energy. It's getting a deeper dimension of the divine that is this so-called Sever Panim Yafis. He's just explaining it in the, in the Nimshu. Yeah, you can say that Sever Affability? Okay, Affability. Uh, what was the second one? Geniality. Geniality, yeah, okay. Kindness. So in other words, you have to rely on your reaction. Okay, so it's not countenance, right? You said affability is a good Geniality. one. Huh? Geniality, yeah. Well, he doesn't want, does not use the word Riyah because he said it's lower than Riyah probably. It's more of a conviction. It's a, a deep truth. What you might saying? be able to pick it up if God forbid somebody can't say that. They can just pick it up from his tone of voice or something. Yeah. Um, 
No, well, he said in the previous... I just elaborated before you came in. It was about seeing is always an additional dimension. You know, someone's like Moshe Rabbeinu saw. But that doesn't mean you can't have a conviction without, you know, fully seeing it. Like, you know, sometimes you see it, literally. Sometimes it's a conviction. You don't actually see it, but it's also pretty... Yeah, not yeah right, exactly. It's, it's, it breaks it into parts. It's different levels of conviction on, at the end of the day. You know, um, like I mentioned, if you look something out, if you look at a tree through a window... It's 100%. But you see it through an opaque glass or through a curtain, you still see it, but it's not the same the same 100% clarity. Um, once on, let's, let's continue here. So he's saying, uh, it's interesting, the mushal must be a mushal from the Altar Rebbe, I would, I would assume. Because he's analyzing how the mushal fits in the nimshal in every detail. So, you know, that's... Like when you give an example for something, an example is an example. But now he's bringing every detail is relevant also in the nimshal. So it seems to me this marshal is coming from, not from the Rebbe Rashab, coming from something earlier, and he's now analyzing how the marshal is exactly like the Nimsh. Or maybe that also is from the Alter Rebbe. The, I have to look that up. So now he goes in the parentheses. So he spelled something out here, interestingly, that wasn't literally stated, I think, earlier. Maybe it was, maybe I missed it. He's saying, in other words, Chachma has two things. More intense energy, but also a qualitative different level of connection to the idea than Bina does. Now, it's, it, was, it was definitely implied till now, you know, as, as he explained how Chochmah and Bina are different, that Bina is not, Chochmah is not just more energy and Bina is less of the same thing. Chochmah is of a different personality, but he just spelled it out very, very specifically. It seems like an example of, of something, but not a muscle. The muscle is the beginning of the chapter where he talks about two people speaking to each other. He's giving, he gave an example of a wise sage. An example without a muscle. That's a muscle. He uses Adarach Moshal, he says. Uh-huh. No, no, muscle can mean, muscle doesn't, can be, a muscle can be from a scenario. Uh-huh. Muscle isn't always a physical. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So now he's adding a parenthesis. Is this a long parenthesis? Yeah, not short. It's a good uh, 25 lines, right? Yeah. On twenty lines, okay. Just I'm just pointing out, you know, we want no parentheses, we want to know when you're getting back to the, the main show. And delve in the Namayan and gross yourself what it says elsewhere, in the concept of looking at the face of the Mashpia. Seeing the face, the countenance of your teacher, Mashpir. That this, seeing the face of your Mashpir, you receive the essence of the Chachm, of the wisdom of the teacher. That does not come, does not manifest. In the actual transmission, the energy of the transmission that's being transmitted from teacher to student. So he's now elaborating this point, explaining basically the idea that what 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 really has added when the teacher smiles, when the Chacham Gadol speaks with a pleasant countenance. What do you call it? Affability, an affable, pleasant. Pleasantly affable countenance. What really is added? So right now, before the parenthesis, he made it clear what's added is a whole dimension. A chokhmah has in it a qualitative 
dimension that can never come in Tashaka, not just more energy, not just more intense of the intensity of the concept, but there's something about the essence of the concept that only Chachma, only Chachma can have. So now he's explaining what it's that. There's something that's fundamentally added by looking at the face of your teacher. When he was asked, what made me so sharp? What sharpened my mind? Meaning sharper. That I was more sharper than my friends, than my, my colleagues. Because I saw our teacher, Rab Meir. I saw his face. So he's bringing here clearly. So the Gemara is saying, the Rebbe says, Rebbe said, That which made me sharper or more perceptive, is uh, crystallized. Chidud is sharp is the right word. For my colleagues, it's because because I saw the Rab Meir. I saw Rab Meir. Or a teacher. No, basically, if you hear an idea from a teacher and you're not in his presence, you don't see his face, there's something that's lacking. But would a video would be the same thing? Would have to have that? <laughs> I think the Rebbe Rashab wouldn't probably address that. There were no videos then. It's a good question. Uh, let's put it this way. I probably would think that in the presence, the physical presence would be even better. A video is second best. It's better than radio. Right. And then there's, of course, uh, and, and there's radio, and then there's uh, a tape, and then there's just hearing what he said, you know. But that's a good question. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a secret from the Rebbe about this later. Well, let's finish the idea here. Anyway. Well, and that's why it says in Yerushalmi, they say in Yerushalmi, Kola Everyone who repeats everyone who repeats a, a something he heard from his friend, he should see and imagine the person who the source, the person where the Shmu is coming from, the one who originated the idea, is like as if he's standing in front of him. Why? Why why can't you just say you repeat a, a, a nice idea, a brilliant idea. Why is it you have to imagine I'm standing in front of you? Because through this, through magic, through the, the through, in other words, now, here you go. Not just seeing it. Now that you imagine what you saw, you, you envision. In other words, when you say something and you're actually envisioning the person who said it, his face, it adds a, tr- a tremendous dimension. Adds the So clearly, when he said video is absolutely correct. But look at video. The point here is even further than a video. Here is you're standing and talking to someone. And the person who you heard it from is not here. You're not just saying the Rebbe said this or this teacher said it. You're saying you're saying you close your eyes or you envision and, and envision him saying it that adds a dimension that you would not have from the idea itself. You wouldn't even have that from video, right? Because video is just looking. You know, you want to have is the yeah. it's it's it, listen. It's not the image the per se. No, it's not the image. It's the pre- exactly. It's the presence that comes through. So Chachma has that. Chachma sees its master. Exactly. Yeah. The question: Which level? Maybe he'll talk about it. Maybe he won't. But yeah, it's beautiful because what he's saying here is that Chachma. I said before that, I, in my opinion, Chapter Forty-Two is really a revolutionary uh, take on intelligence. That intelligence is fundamentally conviction, which then comes into logic. 
So I mentioned, I, was, I looked up Einstein, when he came up with his theories, it was a conviction that he had no proof for. As a matter of fact, they say that he was a postal clerk. Had he been sitting in a mathematics laboratory with physics, he would never have come up with these ideas. He almost had to be outside of the context of the it's logic. If you have that conviction, you change the world, maybe it's like... Yeah, it's exactly correct. Now, not every, as I said, not every vision will do that, but you can have a vision or a conviction of something, and it can change the entire world. And it didn't originate from a purely logical conclusion. It wasn't like you're making mathematical equations and you suddenly come to that. So he's saying that's like seeing Pnei Harav. That's like seeing the teacher. Yeah, like it says elsewhere. There's all the parentheses. The same thing we can say. That idea, that muscle that he gave, that he shows his face. Is the revelation of the inner and the essence of the wisdom. That's the example that the Chochem Gadol, the wise man, the very wise one, is speaking to an average person, but also showing him that pleasant countenance. That's the revealing. The, fa- the savor upon him is the revealing of, like the teacher's face reveals something that, of the essence of the idea that is not there in the idea it's on its own. Then he continues in the parentheses. And look into what it says on the verse. This is Bichas Kainim. We say, That God's face should shine on you. Or to you. The Isabel Medrash Rabbah, it says, as the Medrash Rabbah, this pasuk it says, "Kamei da Amar ba'ircha nir er." You know, "Kimcha makachayim ba'ircha nir er." What means ba'ircha nir er? That in your light, in your light nir er, we should see light. What does that mean? The pirushei ba'irchu hu er atzmi. In your light, we should see light. Means in your essence of light, we should see a reflection of it. So he says, Eircha is Eir Atzmi. That's what it says in Medrash. He's explaining how Pona Velecha, he's now continuing to explain how a face reflects an essential dimension. Much later, if you remember, he discusses the Metzach, the revelation that comes through the forehead, and also the glow. So clearly he's connected to that. <coughs> okay, continuing. The In the beginning of the verse it says, With you is the source of life. In your energy, in your light, we should see light. So the beginning of the verse, means you are, with you is the source of life, is referring to the reflection, that God's energy that's necessary to keep the worlds alive. Basically for sustenance of existence. That's energy that comes in the shtalshus, in the cosmic order. That's why it says, Ki'imcha, with you, not Ata. Ata usually reflects an etzem. You. Ata Reis Ladas. You speak about Atzmus. When you say Ki'imcha, with you, means already you're talking about a dimension that's so-called uh, outer dimension, not, a, not the essence of it. So what means Imcha Why do you say Imcha, with you? Everything comes from you. So why is Imcha, with you? It should have said Ata. You are the source of life. What it means, with you is the source of life. Everything comes to you. This is in order to emphasize that change of word. That it's not your primary uh, essence. When you say something is 
So if you say you are the source of life, you're basically saying, you're defining the you as the source of life. If you're saying with you is the source of life, means you are something else entirely. With you, you also have another additional element, which is a more of external dimension of you, that you give life to existence. That's why it says imcha. Even though everything comes from God, the source, but Atta reflects that he's giving his essence. Iki imcha means, it's almost like he says, imcha means tafel, imcha with you. It's secondary, tafel more than secondary. Um, it's inconsequential. Tafel means it's inconsequential or insignificant. Or batlacha and nullified to you. Because it's only a reflection. So the first part of the verse, is referring to the reflection that gives sustenance to existence. The second part of the verse, in your light we should see light. Now we're talking about the essence of the air. And that's why we say, That's the Medrash. He's explaining the Medrash. You're not just saying, we want to have a, radio, a reflection of Gavan. You say, we want God's face, God's countenance to shine to us. That's really, That's The Inyan Ha'aris Ponim, because the Inyan of a reflection of Ha'aris Ponim, when you say the face should shine, the countenance should shine, Hushanim Shabchinis Ha'atmis. That refers to the revelation, the transmission of something that's essential. So whenever we say God's face, face right away means something essence. Like we, that's why the face of a teacher adds that essential element. Is that why we look at a kain during davening? Not that you mean the chazan when he says birchus kain. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, maybe that's why you you know you want to see it with the face. It could be Yerush and Panov. I'm not sure. I don't remember the reason for I know you're supposed to look at the, the chazan when he says Birchus Kainim. The truth is when the Kaihanim bench, we're not supposed to look yeah, no, at that. Yeah, yeah, but that's already too overpowering. Dangerous. Right. I, we were told always as kids, you look at it, you come blind. Yeah, you look at, you look at, you look and until this day, I can't bring myself to look. I, I just, even my skeptic in me. Uh, I'm afraid that if I don't become, I may completely become an atheist. <laughs> that's my, you know, everybody's got their <laughs> the test. Of their faith. <laughs> it's fine. I always find that I can only do one. I can't do this hand. Does that mean a cone? All kohanim can do both? Not a kohanim. Okay. Yeah, but... I can do it well. I can do it better with my right hand. Right. My problem would be holding it up for all that time. That would be hard. <laughs> Mr. Spock. Okay. What? Spock. Star Trek. Okay. So let's go here. So face. Wow. So we see what the power of a face is. He's still in the parentheses. We're almost finished the parentheses. And this face, this essence of the entity is transmitted through Teter. Is that the end of the passage? Yeah. So, er panecha with the light of your face, of your countenance, you gave us the Torah of life. Again, what is he adding? Er panecha. Why do you need this er panecha? Because through Torah, the raisim chachma nafkas, because Torah comes from chachma, back to chachma. Torah comes from, is derived from, is extracted, nafkas comes out of, 
Chochmah, Shemeir Shema Eir Atzmi. And in this Chochmah, it radiates the essence of the Eir. Yeah, something like that. Obviously, a Torah with the, looking at the face of your teacher that's teaching you Torah is even better. Yeah. Obviously, it's all relative. But yeah, Torah is Chochmah. We're talking now, forget about the face now, elements. We're talking now, Torah gives you a truth of the God that you will not get through, let's say, uh, medicine. That's that's what he's saying here, basically. Because Torah comes from Chochmah. The other wisdoms don't necessarily come from Chochmah. Shemeh, Shemeh. And Idra Rabba, as we spoke, is Idra Rabba and Idra Zuta. Idra is a. Uh, Idra? Huh? Idra? No. Idra? Like a us? Idra, I thought, is a group. Is a Idra Zuta. Maybe, oh, maybe. Idra Zut. Anyway, but in Zaya there's two Idras. One is Idra Rab and Pasha Nasei, and Idra Zut is in Pasha Azino. Just for the record. Idra Zut is where it's all written about Rajbi and like Boimer, Rajbi's last last moments. That's Idra Zut. That's in Pasha Azino. That's where you say Bechat Katiris Katar and all that stuff. And Idra Rabba, they're both very profound Kabbalistic texts that are very, in Zaya itself, the deepest. Very, very cryptic, very secret. And a lot of it needs a lot of interpretation. So Idr Rab is in is in basically it's in volume three of Zayah has three volumes. First is Bereshis, the next is Shmois. Volume three is Vayikra Pamid Bedvarim. So Idr Rab and Idr Zut are both in the volume three. So he says in Idr Rab, Taf Kuflam Gimel Amud Beis, page one thirty three B, Isa Be'er Pnei Melachayim. This you know, but what means Be'er Pnei Melachayim? The energy or light. Of the face of the king, the living king, he says, These are the two apples. There's the level of tapucha kadisha, the supernal apple tree, basically. It's a higher level of um, spirituality. There's the yud gimel tikunim, tikuni dikna, the yud gimel midas The seventh one is shenikra haaras panim, where it says, uh, we say, we say. Kill Avayvay Kill Chazhanun Rachum Arachapayim. It's a Chesnalafim. Arachapayim. Which one's the seventh one? Probably Arachapayim. Arachapayim. Depends how you count. Sometimes you count the two Hashem's. You don't. It's it's anyway. The seventh one is Aris Panim. Is the revelation of his face. Like he says in the an explanation on Masai. That's what he says there. That's the inner dimension of Chachma. And here goes the Chachmas Adam The wisdom of a person shines on his face. What does that mean? Was so you see from there. That there's a premise in in chokhme. that the face, the glow in the face, is a revelation of the chokhme, and vice versa. V'sham be idre and there in idre back to the zayar, the mashkos yor Hashem ponav lecha who kishemir bezah. That when it says yor Hashem ponav elecha, that Hashem's face should radiate to you, means that it should radiate to zah to lower levels. He just 
it's a, you know it's like a thorough, complete picture. Basically, this parenthesis adds and explains when we say that the the Chacham Gadol, the wise sage, not only speaks much elaborately with the average person, but smiles and shows him that face. That face is in the Nimshal, is the revelation of the essence that's within Chachma, the essence of the idea. Not just more energy, but the essence of the idea, a different qualitative level. That ends the parenthesis. Then he continues, Okay. Hmm. All these example, the examples are many levels here. So so far he explained that the example of kiruv. What means kiruv? Mokim is etzchayim. Closeness is like that great sage that speaks to the average, but shows him his face, which is the essence. Then he continues. Now he's going to the second example, and even more so, even increasingly, even more so, the kiruv, the closeness is, is when two individuals, their minds are aligned, their ideas are aligned. Interesting, if you look at the language at the beginning of the chapter, the word will be Yesiru HaKiruv he used on, when he shows him a smiling countenance, a pleasant countenance. And then he said, HaKiruv is when two people whose ideas are aligned. And here he's saying the word will be Yesiru HaKiruv, similar to the... There's maybe like almost three levels here. A Chacham Gadol is speaking to an average person. That's the abundance of energy inside of Chachma. He shows him a, a smiling, a pleasant countenance, right? Affable. That is the the qualitative essence that Chachma has, which you see, which comes through the face. And then comes now even more closeness is when two people are aligned in idea. It's not just a greater scholar is speaking with an average one. What does this example give? This is part of the example. This is what the infinite divine light that no thought can grasp him. Radiates within Chachma. This is the vision of Chachma of wisdom which is the, the the vision of seeing the essence and the inner personality of the thing. Aha. The first example only tells you that something greater is transmitting to something lesser and giving him the essence. But it doesn't say that the average person, the Benini, is necessarily understanding what, it's, what, it, what this great sage is saying. Who says they're aligned? Now this example adds that they're actually aligned. Understand? That's what he's saying here. Because you could argue, okay, Chacham, because of his bittel, gets very much energy from a Chacham Gadol. From it also gets the essence because of the face and so on. But it's not. It doesn't relate to Chacham. Chacham is like almost like a guest in a house where it doesn't belong. Like it's almost receiving a divine experience that it doesn't have any affinity with. The second example adds it's two individuals who understand each other. So Chachma is actually getting, on its terms, a, 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 a connection to something that's beyond wisdom. So this idea, this is where intelligence meets that which is beyond. That Chachma receives, and it radiates, like the Ri of Chachma, 
the essence of the thing that is in itself that is beyond any machshava. That's what he's saying here. Wow, this is interesting. He's very short, but let me just think one second. Let me just say one thing here. He didn't say this before, as well. Before, actually, he did say it. I'm sorry. No, he did say it. Because remember the parentheses at the bottom of 72, he said, elsewhere it says the Chachme recognizes the day al Yena. But according to what it says here, Chachme actually radiates the day al Yena. Yesh Amiti. So he did say it somewhat before. Mm-hmm. That would be like the example. The first example would be like the Malkamacher. The only radiates within you, but it doesn't mean that Chachma identifies with that. Here you're saying that Chachma actually, the words here are, that's the Riyah of Chachma. And interesting, he goes back to Riyah now, even though before he was talking about Hanoche. So clearly, because he wants to, because this essence, essential element is probably more in Riyah than it is in the Hanoche. It's more in the visualization than it is in just the conviction. That's why he's bringing that back. Let me just, one second, one second, one second. Okay, fine. What does it mean that they have to be aligned? In other words, they have to be equal stature or could we just have a... No, he said before the example, he gave two people... It has to be similar or... No, he's not talking about Bina now. He's talking about Chochme. He spoke earlier that Kiruv means when two people are aligned in their ideas. Their minds are aligned. That means... They could disagree, and then they could agree. And their thinking is the same. It doesn't mean stature. Be much he's not talking about stature. Stature was in the first example. There he's just, so here, so now he's adding that this alignment means that it's not just Chachma is, as I said, has earned its right to witness a higher revelation. It actually can align itself with it. That's what he's saying here. They have similar belief system. Yeah, yeah, in other words... The part of Chochmah that has conviction, that has senses of truth, is because it senses the truth of godliness. And it's aligned with it. Bina cannot, does not have that. That's what he's saying here. He says it in one line, but, but basically, after reading it all, that's clearly that's what's coming here. That Chochmah has that dimension to it. Now, after this whole first explanation, everything we just learned in this chapter, was all to explain Kiruv Mokim. What means Chochmah is Kiruv Mokim? So he gave the examples, and then he concluded and how that how it works in the nimshal. Fine. Now he's going back. And this is my lamata bina. So we really finished the subject here. This is now a subject that finished what's discussed in chapter mem. As I said, back to lamed zayin, lamed lamed vav rather, thirty-six. So we finished thirty-six. For all practical purposes, you can start a new paragraph here. So that's my lamata bina. Chochmah has Maila is higher because it's close. He's explained what close meant in detail here. Now comes the next level. What does it say afterwards in Chaim? That in Zo, in Midas, it radiates through a window. So now he continues. Same thing as in Mechin Midas, intelligence and in emotions in general. In the same things when it comes to intelligence and emotions and feelings in general. What is higher and lower? What is conceptual space there? And what's the hierarchy? It's in the intensity of the energy. He discussed this earlier, if you remember, that because Midas is about me, my liking it, me, 
the me blocks out the 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 higher energy of the objective higher energy that that radiates in the mind. In the mind, in the intellect, in the cognitive tools, radiates in a, a, a very in a revealed way intense energy that cannot that cannot at all radiate within the emotions. And that's why when the mind, when your when your brain power, the the mind is uh, is revealed, is shining in a revealed way. There cannot be the existence of feelings. He's going back to what he said much earlier, if you remember, the whole symptom of how Moichen goes into Midas. Only to the lower levels of the intelligence, which is the diminishing of the energy of the intensity of the mind, Bring, comes into being the level of emotions. Okay, so here again, he's talking about two types of two two gradations. One is the gradation of more energy, less energy, and then there's also the fundamental difference between the two. Remember, a key point that he made here, that he began in this whole discussion back then, chapter thirty-six, was that it's not just more energy, less energy. It's rooted in the fact that they're fundamentally two different entity, entities, and that's why there's more or less energy. And I was going to say the same thing. And also, the second thing, their, their gradation, their, their uh, hierarchy, in the fundamental level, the essential personality, the level of intelligence, of in, intellect, is higher, much higher than, than one of emotions. Because in intelligence you have the know the knowledge and the comprehension of the divine of godliness. And emotions is only the excitement that is a, a divine excitement. So you argue one second, why is excitement weaker than intel understanding? Because excitement is a product. It's an effect. The appreciation of the thing itself comes in Mechin. So Midas don't appreciate the thing itself, they only react to it. They say, Oh, this is great. I, I, I'm excited. The person who appreciates the premise of it is the one who understands and comprehends it. Not that we, as he said earlier, we need it to come into Midas. That's a part of the purpose, that it shouldn't just remain in the mind. But in pure intensity, if you talk about pure uh, firepower, the mind has more power fundamentally than the, than the emotions do. Which is why somebody who, for example, comprehends something, even though you know you not see excitement on that person, that doesn't mean they have no connection. To it they just means maybe even a deeper connection that has not yet had the ability to express itself. Once it's expressed itself, that's already diminished, and because there he's busy with the appreciation of the comprehending and relating to the thing itself. The excitement is already a step outside of that. So mid this is a side a step outside. And another aspect of Meichin is that it's a form of Dvekus. The Chol HaSoga, Meichin, besides the fact that it's the appreciation of the thing itself, it's also in a form of Dvekus. Dvekus literally means to cleave, to cling, to connect. Hiskashus and Dvekus, Chassidus explains later in Ayin Beis, Hiskashus means you take two things and you tie them together. Dvekus is like two flames joining they actually become one. He's talking about Meichel compared to Midas. In general, all of Meichel is this way. 
When you speak more generally speaking, he said Bechla. When you speak in general, Chachman Bina compared to Midas, Bina is also a because it's comprehended. When you break it, everything is microcosm, microcosm, always. Every comprehension is through connecting and nidbuk and, and clinging or getting attached to the Indian because you have to immerse yourself. You can't understand something from a distance. You have to immerse yourself completely in, in it. And through comprehension... So first thing is you have to connect to the thing, and through comprehension, you become connected and united with the with the object of your idea of your concept. By contrast, midas, on the other hand, emotions primarily their excitement, their feelings, spilus. And every excitement is outside of the essence. As I mentioned, because as soon as you're excited, it means you're not in it. You're excited about it. So now it's me feeling something. For example, a fish in water is not excited about being in water. Someone who was uh, who's not natural for them to go in water, they go in the water, they get happy. Basically, tiny to me, the tiny maybe. But the point being is that when you're in it, you don't get excited about it. It's something beyond you. Whereas Midas is espoused chutzlatzim. Vagam shaideshem espala dovaridu nasib bchinis kiruv. And even though by becoming excited about something, you get close to the ave he bchinis kiruv. Love is being drawn to something. It's being close and drawn to something. Nevertheless, ainze bchinis kiruv mamish. Nevertheless, it's not literally closeness. Kiruv mamish closeness. Kumei amechin shemesachet mamish badover. Like intelligence that gets united with the thing itself. Intelligence goes into the thing, becomes one with your mind, you immerse yourself, you, you, um, what's the word I wanted to use, not obsess, you uh, are consumed by it. Whereas a spiralus, yes, it's your spiralus, you get close to it, you want close, but it's not the same, mom is the same kiruv like it is with, which by the way goes back to kiruv mokim, the word kiruv again is using here. Like it's known the difference between chayu and legamui. This goes back to the Zohar. He is one with his energy. He is one with his... Gamui literally can mean uh, bones. It can mean essence. But here, I said before, that in Eitz Chaim, he interprets as Eris and Kalim. I'm sorry, as Meichen and Midis. Intellect and emotions. And in Tanya, he explains them as being... Um, Energies and, and containers, if you recall. This is a way back. Remember where exactly? Very far back. It's on the left side, I remember. Let me just see this. Yeah, here we go. Chapter 5. So, in the guest occasion, it's Eris and Kalim, and it's Chaim, it's Mechen and Midis. That's where you establish that Mechen's Kalim have to be like Eris to reconcile between the two. So, the problem with you and Mechen is, is always even though they're Kalim. Yeah, but it's more, yes, yeah, right. Midas is mostly Kalim, even though. Exactly right. So he says. So he says like this. Like it's known the difference between yachad. Even though you say both are chad, you say he is one with his energy. He is one with his containers. 
or one with the mind and one with emotions, even though both of them we say shneim chad, you say the word one. Nevertheless, we say we say iu v'chayu echad, iu gamu echad. Doesn't say iu v'chayu v'gamu echad. He could have said he and his energy and his containers are one. The fact that he says twice chad means that they're not the same because the yichud, the unity of the energy, or here moichin, is literally like one thing. And the, the unity on the level of midas and emotions is like two It's like two things that connect. Remember I said the difference between hiskashus and dveikus. There's so many examples. For it. An example would be when you write on paper, ksav, is ink on paper. Now they're connected, but they're really two separate entities. And even there they remain separate and you can erase it. When you engrave something in stone, it's one and the same. You can't get rid of one without the other because it's made from the thing itself. It's just different levels of, of, of unity. So with the Gemuya, it's like two things that are connected. So in his spilus, when someone gets excited, that's more like a separate thing connecting to something. I'm excited about something. When your mind connects with it, it's literally becoming one with it. The chain who has been mechel the midah is the same as the difference between the mind and the emotions, the intellect and emotions. That kid of the mechel of is dveikus mamish. The closeness of intelligence of mind is literally a a bonding, a unite union. That kid of the midah is ene bchinis kid of mamish, and the closeness of emotions is not literally close. This again shows another sample of Chassidus when he says, "Remember, he spoke before about uh, mamish." When he speaks about um, pshitas mamish or relative pshitas, there's a constant theme throughout Chassidus and Ayin Beis, especially. You see, mamish always means thing is literal or it's relatively close. So when he says, like he spoke about pshitas mamish, and we talk about the higher than the ten spheres, even the hidden spheres, there it's literally uh, what's the word, substanceless, seamless. And then there's mamish, then there's not mamish. You say you say pshitas, you say it several times. He said not mamish. The same thing here. It's really just two te- two levels of uh, one is relative, one is more absolute. Mamas literally means means literally absolute. Uh, remember, even mamish you could say compared to higher could also be relative, but that's not let's not go there. The same thing is above. Agam even though we say right and all that. That to you is greatness, which is chesed. Shamid is saying b'pchinis yichud. You're saying that God is everything. You say God is gedulos. You're saying l'cha shamagdulah. God is great. God loves. God l'cha gvura. L'cha teferes. So it's clearly united. Nevertheless, that unity is not as as a yichud mamish a total absolute unity like the mind. This is what he said earlier. As it's known that Meichen Amidas, intellect and emotions, is called Chayui and Gamui. Vegam Hamechin Another difference between Meichen Amidas, he gave already two differences. One is that you are, um, you actually know the thing and you're not just excited about it. Number two is you're united with it completely, as opposed to emotions that are just united but not completely. And now he says, Another thing is that is to yourself. Intelligence, you can sit and just conceive and ruminate and meditate. 
Because even without another, you you can have uh, intelligence, intellect. By contrast, emotions are only possible when there's another, to another. Same thing as above. Remember, your compassion and your kindness, those are emotions. So literally be tight. Remember your compassion and your kindness, chesed. Because they, they are forever. So he's interpreting. Because they are what's necessary to create the world. Like he said before, this is only a reflection. That means Kimela Mehma. Why do we say Yira Ilo is, is, is the ultimate Yichud? It's, it's a separate discussion completely. Compa- it's all compared to what? Yira Ilo is you going out of yourself and connecting right. to parents. It's all relative. It's not. It's a completely different discussion. Completely different. This doesn't mean... Remember, after Midas comes Malchus and then comes lower levels. So Midas compared to lower levels... Has also an ability to be united. It says It does say one, but it's all relative. However, the the mind, intellect are not connected to the world. Even if there was no another existence, there would also be meichin mind. And soon we will explain the and nevertheless, even intellect is also necessary for the cosmic order. It's a parenthesis. This means, so we see from this, that intellect and emotions are higher and lower, meaning gradations, this, this conceptual gradation, conceptual hierarchy, both from the perspective of intense and diminished energy and from the essence of their personalities. Which is what he was adding here at the bottom of page 74. That not only is Meichin more intense energy, it's also qualitative, different level. Now remember, it's critical to distinguish between, we're not talking necessarily, even though we use ourselves as an example when we conceive of ideas, Meichin and Armidis, he's talking here on very high levels. He's talking about Meichin and Armidis of Atsilis. So he's basically speaking about that what Eitz Chaim says. That Chachmas Meir bekiruv makim close mid ebina bedichuk makim and zah through a window. He's basically trying to explain the root emotions and their root are less intense energy and a less lower qualitative level than mechin. That's what he's essentially saying here. So don't apply this to exactly how we function because there's, there's there many distinctions. V'chein kol esas and the same thing with all ten spheres. He spoke now about Mechach Mabina, Meich and the same thing with all ten spheres. They're all on the level, they're all distinguished, they're all they're discernible, they're all divided, diversified. Mailamata, meaning a hierarchy of higher and lower. Ad Pchinis Hamalchus, all the way to Malchus, Seifed the Kol Dargin, Tatsila Shu Pchinis Hamata, till the level of Malchus, which is the end of all levels of Atsilis. Which is called the mata, the lowest. What does lowest mean? So here he goes. That it is 
its lowest, both in its intensity of energy, the Sira, the moon, Malchus, doesn't have anything of its own, has no light of its own. So right there you see its energy is most diminished. And also in its fundamental and essential level, the Kolosin HaMalucha, the general concept of Malucha, sovereignty, the reign, the Malucha, the kingship, the whole thing, the general concept of kingship is on another. Because to the Isnasus, exaltation, the Isnasus, um, leadership, is only possible on another. He's not, he's not talking now here, Malucha Be'etzem, that he spoke about in chapter 1. It's, it's, it's an, another. Later he speaks about this at length, if you remember Malchus, at the end of the, the volume 1, that Malchus is... Only, you know nothing from Malchus. It conceals everything. It just tells you that the rules. That it's only like a name. It's only that rules. So it's the lowest of all the levels in Natsilis. What does that mean? Why is Malchus? What does that tell us? Since the whole thing, Malchus doesn't tell you anything about the king. Not his mind, not his feelings. Only that he's a Melech. Which only means he's a Melech. On another, it means the entire union of malucha, the entire union of kingship, is only something outside of yourself. You're not capable of being a king within yourself. Who you're a king over? The whole idea of king is a beloyam, is with something outside of you. And this sums up the whole subject matter. And this is that the ten spheres. They're all in a in a diversity of higher and lower, a hierarchy and structure, which is. The entire theme that he began discussing, just to give you exactly where, chapter 33. Chapter 33, he started, This is the reason why there's a distinction of higher and lower, a hierarchy in the ten spheres. So right now, we summed up chapter, from chapter 37, 37 and 38, and also now chapter 33. So really, all this from 33 to 43 has been one big subject matter called the spatial structure of the spheres. So let's do the summary. And this is the meaning that in Chochmah, what he says in Eitzchayim, the infinite divine light radiates closely, which means the intensity of the energy. But also the essence of the energy. Here he adds Hanoche. He does say this is what well, he doesn't say it inside. This is the conviction of Chochma. Like when you see the face of the transmitter of the teacher, that with Shemakabel was that receives with this the essence of this idea of the Seichel. And another matter, another element in this is in Hakirav the Chochma Mishtav Ela Erensof. That the closeness of Chachm is that it's Mishtava. It actually, it's not just receiving and seeing something beyond it, it's Mishtava, meaning there's a commonality. Shava. There's a commonality, like the two people who are aligned in their own in the way they understand. Like work, like start one and this is the Mahus, the essence of the divine infinite light, which radiates in the sight, of the vision of Chachm. Here it appears that the, the first thing, the first marshal is really more the Hanukha, the conviction. And the, the, to really, the, the similarity is the seeing of Chochmah. That's what it appears like here. 
And delve into what it says in the Maimer. This is the Rebbe Marash's Maimer. First Hemshech. Um, it's not the first Hemshech, but the Hemshech B'Kocha that was said in Tov Reish Lamed Zayin, which would be 1876. In the Indian of Ma'ad Chochme. The Chochme Ma'ad This is an addition that's not inside the actual chapter. This parenthesis. So it would be interesting to see what it says there. So I, I think what he's also saying now, I think what happens here, one second. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Initially I was saying that, remember there's the two aspects here. That Chochmah has more intense energy than Bina, and also it's fundamentally a different level. It seemed that that was the two things in the first example. When the great Chochm, the great wise person, speaks to an average person, so by speaking abundantly, he's giving him a lot of energy. And by showing his face, he's giving him another dimension, the Etzim. And the second Moshal example of the two aligned ideas is that there's a commonality between Chochmah and Ein Seif. In the parenthesis here, not that he's changing it, but there's a little different emphasis. He says, Chochmah has a, many, much air, has etzema air from the teacher, okay, so it's a fundamentally different level. But then he says a third thing, like almost like this, the, the, the commonality between Chochmah and Ein Saif, between wisdom, between wisdom and, the, and the divine, It appears a little, I mean, my, my conviction, my sense here is that that is what makes Chochmah actually qualitatively different than Bina. Because the first two things you could argue is not a qualitative, even though it is. Okay, no, just an additional element. But I said the following, there's two things that he's talking about here. In the degradations and hierarchy of the structure, one is there's more intense energy, less intense energy. Fine, we got that. Second thing is that they're qualitatively different levels, which is why they have more intense or less intense. So in the example here with Chachm, it went like this. The fact that a, a greater scholar speaks to an average one, a lot, speaking much, is giving him a lot of energy. Fine. The fact that he shows him his face, a countenance, he's giving him the etzem that comes with seeing the face of your teacher. That's a qualitative thing. Then there's adding something more in the qualitative. And that is the second example. That Chachm actually, because you could say Chachm is just a, a, an observer. In that sense, it's higher than Bina. But you can't say it's qualitatively different. It just has the opportunity to see more of the king, of the teacher, than Bina does. In the second example, he's saying that it actually has a commonality, and that makes it of a completely different quality that Bina does not have. That's all I'm saying. It's just that he's added, it's just, it's, it's, in, other words, in the qualitative difference, the first example is speaking about Ribuy and Miyuta'ir. And also an element of quality by seeing the face. In the second example, it's all focused on the quality, because that now there's a commonality between the chachma and the and the and, and seif. Okay. That's the, order. That's the order. It's the order that he's discussing it here. An order. What kind of order? What do you mean by order? I don't know. It depends how you go from the top down or from the bottom up. Commonality is not between the. If you go top down, for sure it's in that order. 
I mean, that's obvious. Chachma didn't come from nowhere. It came from somewhere. There's two commonality effects between the between the Ein Sof and the Rav and between the Rav and the Talmud. So in order to be aligned, there has to be like a commonality. It has to be a good receptor. Well, the, yeah, the Chachma in this case is, is the student, not the teacher. Is the student that's receiving from a chacham gadol from someone greater? In the second example, chacham is like the friend, the two friends that are aligned to each other, like cousins. One, it's like a it's like a father and a son, another is a cousins. I like that maybe he's thinking about the rav and the abishta. Which rav? And they said that the rav and the abishta, the, the teacher and, and, and the abishta have to be aligned, and, and I thought that was the relationship they were talking about. The no, he's not talking about that here. Okay, so that's Chachma and Bina. Okay. And the same thing with intelligence compared to emotions. They're higher, fundamentally higher than emotions. Because in, in the mind you have comprehension and Vekus and a unity, a union with the idea. And Midas are excitement that's outside of the essence. Even though they too are they're, they're a form of unite, union. It's all the difference. It's similar to the difference between which is the energy and container, or mind and, and emotions, which both are united, but one is completely united, and one is not. Or Malchus, then comes the last level, and Malchus is the lowest, both in revelation and its fundamental state and level. Okay. So we did chapter 43, pages 74 and 75. And then there's one final chapter in this discourse.